Oh, is it recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is another segment for Black Matter. Cute theme song. I mean, it's a video game, right? I mean, like Tinder, Grindr, all these apps, they're essentially video games. They, they're meant, we're, we're meant to get addicted to scrolling, you know, and swiping and, oh, I got a point. Someone wrote me, you know, and like updating your profile so that it's constantly fresh, you know, it's, yeah. So for me, when I think about these apps and like the addiction to them, you know, also, you know, we're like millennials. I mean, you know, like I grew up on the internet and I grew up like not with apps, so no, not with like Grindr or whatever Tinder, but like with like gay.com. Yes, ma'am. It was a website, gay.com. I know. I'm sorry, had, sorry for our I know. Can you give us a little bit of a, what is, what is gay.com? Well, it was a website that was like maybe in the 90s, even early 2000s. And it was like, it had like chat rooms. So you would like be in like whatever Connecticut and like get in the Connecticut room and it would just be like everyone in Connecticut chatting but then you could chat with one person if you click their like profile name you could just like talk to them individually I would love to just go in the non-racist room uh, <laughs> is that possible what gay bar is where is that, is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it exists <laughs> yeah I mean I, I mean it's weird maybe going back to that I feel like there was there's some nostalgia with the old gay dating apps because maybe I could be wrong there were more men in the closet and so maybe there was less like oppressive behavior happening in our spaces that could be hella naive um i think what i'm trying to say is like why are we still dealing with like racism on tinder and on grinder uh because gay men and white gay men in particular are like racist and um until we talk about that and deal with that and you know process all those emotions and feelings and we're never going to move forward you know like i remember being and the thing is like we have to realize that we're not we're not new here, right? I mean, so like the girls, James Baldwin, you know, Joseph Beam, all the black gay girls, all the black gay writers were already writing about like white gay men in the 70s and 80s. You know, they were already talking about like how racist, how racism was and how, how it was. Which is why James Baldwin would have to move out of the country to like find his little pieces of D. You know, That's true. When you know, I was in Japan, I did meet some cute Japanese. Listen, so like I don't know. I think that it's, um, I think that history, we forget how long history is and we forget that like these are deeply, deeply, deeply rooted, like racism and all these, like white supremacy is like so deeply rooted in like all of us. So like black men, men of color, white people, especially that like we're conditioned to be drawn to and only like whiteness, you know? And it's um, so internalized. And I think where it is always a surprising, like hits me as a surprise moment. Men like, of color. It's with men of color and how we police each other's identities so much and the performance of identity and just like being in gay dating space in general. I think there's this like illusion that like you're just going to kind of find your people. 
and being on Tinder and just seeing how like overtly racist it is is always surprising. And it's it's like a two- wait. How is it you say it's overtly like people say things on their profile? Or I mean, people, yeah, people have things on their profile that says like you know I don't date black men or people will ask you really questions. You or, yeah, so people will ask you questions in the sense of like are you feminine or masculine? And because I obviously identify more Girl. as feminine, then you're like okay, so this is like a question to wean me out. Like you're trying to show me the kind of black guy that you date. And it's twofold of why I, I'm not saying like, I'm surprised that the world is racist because that's not true, like duh. Um, I think the reason why I'm surprised as you're making me realize is that there's this, um, there's a reality and then there's an online space, right? I know that in reality, white men fuck black men and, and men are into uh, men that have non-traditional bodies and, you know, more feminine guys do get dick. Like in reality, I think that does happen. But do people claim us? Do people claim that space? Do people say in their dating profiles that they're open to that? No, it's all this like policing, policing, policing. So I think that's why sometimes I get so surprised at it. Um, you know, I was watching this thing around, I forgot what comedian it was, but she was like, big women have been winning since the beginning of time, you know? And it's like, I think that happens with us too, but not in public space, so. I mean, you know, I've, I, I said that I was, I've been watching like, um, so this weekend I've been like, I had a little bit of a hangover. So I was like watching Scandal all weekend in bed. I went to Fallout. It was not, I mean, it was not really like that. It was just like the drink was like super sugary. And I was like, girl, what is this? <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, oh no, go back to sleep. That's what I did. Um, but yeah, I've been like, so I've been watching Scandal like all weekend. And this is the, this is, I, I, it's obvious, right? But I didn't like notice it as much now that it's like off the air, like how much race, I mean, of course race plays a part in it, like race, the kind of interracial thing between Liv and, Liv and Fitz, right? Um, but like, she was a secret. And she was like, you know, she was like behind closed doors. It couldn't be public. She's black. She, she's black. She's like the the sort of magician, the kind of magic black woman. She's, she's, a, fix, she's fix a super favorite. You know? She fixes everything. So it's like, these are narratives that are super long and like we can trace back to you know the earliest depictions of like and it's still entertaining still makes it on these big popular shows i don't know i mean i do you know i'm a little bit exhausted about it because i think that like i've written so many think pieces when i was an undergrad like an angry like black faggot like ah why won't anyone date me and i was like writing all these pieces <laughs> about it literally the voice that i had why won't anyone date you know um and it's just like now that i'm like 36 Mm, revealing the age. Listen, I am not ashamed. Yeah, thirty six is popping. Like ageism is another thing. Thirty six is on and popping. Like yeah. so, yeah. So you know, now that I'm sort of dating, I'm uh, not dating. I'm not dating, but I'm thirty six. I'm in my first like very eligible. Bills are paid. She, bills are paid. Yeah. She's eligible. Mm -hmm. You know, she's living her Caucasian fantasy at the moment. I mean, I'm living my best life. Yeah. Besides, when I you know, and so yeah, it's just like. But my point was just to say that, like, I think, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm just, I, I don't have time anymore for people. But how many gay men who, are living their best life besides dating, you know? Like, I feel like if I look at that, who, was, who I was five years ago, like, I have so many good things going on right now. But then when I think about, like, dating, I'm just like, oh, that's so depressing. Like, it's the only, it is one of the only, I would say it is the thing in my life that feels like it has not really uh, elevated or made it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely the thing that I'm just like, damn, like. 
this is the same shit that I was going through yeah. a couple years ago. But I think also this is the thing, right? I think you have to just like realize, you have to just like create space for yourself in what ways you can. You know, I think we all have to do that. And if that means like staying in bed and watching Scandal and drinking wine all by yourself all weekend, then do that. And if that means like pumping to like DC or pumping to Miami or pumping this and here and there and here and there to keep it fresh. Cause you know, like, you know, one piece of it too is that like Richmond is small and maybe people have just seen your face a lot. Be that too. I'm not. I'm not belittling the racism and all that. What's wrong with seeing my face? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's something like fresh about like a hot piece of ass, mm-hmm. you know, or like a new piece of ass. So like if you went somewhere new, the girls, like, oh, who's that new girl? But I don't always want to be the new and shiny thing just to get some D, you know. Well, we want regular. We're also not gonna fix. I go into Kroger every Sunday and get the same thing. That's how I'm a dating life to be. I know. I hear you. I but want a regular thing. I hear it, but I don't just. I just don't think. I don't. I don't have enough faith in it's like. In I don't have enough faith in like white gay men or gay men in general to like um, suddenly wake up and understand intersectional feminism and like <laughs> institutionalized <laughs> racism. I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect that to happen. From this episode <laughs> of Black Matter, it might happen. Okay, they might get it. We're giving them some tea right now. I mean, you know, maybe. Because even if you do, even if you do wake up in the morning and I say, you know what. I just want to date brothers. I just want to date black men. They are have internalized the white supremacy Kool-Aid in the same ways that they're still looking for a certain body type. Can't be feminine. Can't sure. Have weave in your hair. Like all these kinds of sure. things that we do to like wean ourselves out. And it's like your behavior is no different than the oppressor. And I just feel uh, that I'm still looking for this like queer space that's fluid where everybody gets a date, you know, like an Oprah dating show. You get a date, you get a date, you get a date. But I just feel like going on Tinder and Grindr, it's just a, it's a very real, um, it gives you a mirror. It's a very real, mani- so the, the, so what, real. You're, what you're saying is like, it's a very real manifestation, right? So you, you, you open your Tinder, you open your Grindr, you open your OkCupid or whatever, you're, whatever the girls are using. But I think because when you open like, it, you're already lonely. You know what I mean? Like I, Tinder and Grindr are my last resort. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's about being lonely. I mean, they are video games. Literally, we get addicted to like scrolling and putting a new fo- pro- profile pic and like getting messages. It's a, it is a it is a game, right? And not least, some niggas like to play a time machine game because their profile mm-hmm. pic doesn't match. Uh, girl, update your stuff if you hear me. Testing one two, update your profile picture. I will say that there was a guy. That <laughs> I was, Tell us the story. Was, no, no, no. Just that I was talking to like in Richmond when I was here like five years ago before. Um, and he uses the same picture, and I was like, girl, it has been five years. <laughs> I know. Oh, where my hairliner was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's true. Ooh. Yeah, that is, yeah. But I think, I think the answer is, like, I think that, like, you know, we can continue to, like, build, or not the answer, but, like, a way to approach it is to, like, continue to build our friendships and whatever, like, here and, like, um, do what we do, but then also circulate. You know, I mean, I think that's like the one lesson that I learned living abroad in London for four and a half years is like how important it is to circulate and travel and like just go places. And not only to meet new people, not only to meet men to date, but also because it enriches you and also because the world is small, actually. And so, you know, like you might you might meet one might one could meet someone on a vacation in Los Angeles or in Portugal or whatever. Not because, you're, you know, and I know I know that like. We want to meet people at the grocery store in, in Richmond. We, you know, we want to meet people like in our neighborhood and our, on our block. But like, that is, that. but maybe that's just not the narrative anymore. I mean, we're like in a in a globally connected world. We all everyone has internet in their pocket on their wrists. You know, flights are cheap now than they were ten years ago. 
cheaper than they were 10 years ago. So maybe, you know, like my, one of my, my, all of my serious boyfriends I've met on, I've never met anyone in person. I've never dated. They've all been online. They've all been from an online mm -hmm. sort of medium, like a screen. Mm -hmm. So my, one of my, my exes, Daniel, we met on, we met online. And this is when I was still in. You saying niggas' names on the podcast? You know, you know, the one I was in. Daniel, I'm doing well. Oh my God, he was my great love. Did it end well? Did not end well. I hope you're dead, Daniel. No, 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 it was my fault, it was my fault. F Daniel. Yes. Cheers. He was really, he was really a good one and I fucked it up. Um, I'm not that mentor. See, Madison's my mentor because I would never admit that. So no, I fucked it up. All of y'all out there was your <laughs> fault. And you know what? You ain't shit. You ain't never gonna be shit. Say hi to your mama for me. I mean, I was younger, la la la, and I just, whatever. Anyway, um, well, I just wanna finish, let me, let me finish, oh, let me finish it. So like, so basically we met, we met, um, we met on a site called Delisted and I was still in Connecticut. And like, he was, hey, he was, um, in, he went to school in like the South. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't say which state, cause maybe that'll like give away too much, but he went to school in the South and, um. He was white, of course. He was white and I was in Connecticut mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, I'm moving to New York. Like, um, when I graduate and I was like, oh, whatever. And I like went on my spring break. I went on my spring break to visit him. Like literally oh. we had, we had a two week spring break, um, at Yale and I like, went there and told my friends, I was like, if I don't come back, here's where I am. I got on a bus, literally, and went to where he was oh. and visited him. Who paid for the bus ticket? Sorry, mm, I just didn't know these details. I don't remember. Maybe, uh, I think if I probably, he's white, he better pay I probably for paid for it. I think oh, I probably paid for it. That's love. I probably paid for Real it. Real love. Um, and I met him there and I was like, and it was just like a, such a great date, you know? And I was like, oh my God, wow. And then I remember feeling so connected and we like did all this fun stuff. And it was just like an, 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 like an instant connection, you know? Instant. And then I had to go back to New Haven. And I was like, well, what happens now? And I was like, well, we just, you know, we keep in touch together. And then I waited for him to come. And then, like, he drove from where he was to New Haven and, like, stayed with me for, like, a couple of months. And then we moved. A couple of months? Where? Who's dorm? Who's the uh, I lived on Chapel, like, on Chapel Street. Um, but, yeah, anyway. So, yeah. Just to say, long story short, we met on the internet. And, we like, we were together, like, five years. I fucked it up. But like, still, like, it can happen that you meet someone who's like on the other side of the country or wherever, and you stay. Well, the next episode of Black Matter called "I Fucked It Up." We'll <laughs> find out what you did. <laughs> no, you won't. You know who my, who old Japan Bay was, right? Like one of the first guys that I was like really in love with and kind of like ready to live in Japan forever, right? It's been since 2013. So I've been home. We talked like on and off. He's visited once, all that stuff. You're actually here for that, but. I get a message from him yes, uh, a few oh. days ago in oh my, my DMs that's like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that I um, I started taking another English class because he always picks up English, drops it, picks it up, drops it, but he's really good. The message read basically like, I just wanted to let you know that I am enrolled in an English class. And when they asked me how I started learning English, I started telling them about you and when you lived in Japan and all the things that we used to talk about. Um, and it made me really miss like you. Um, hope you're doing well. One of those kind of messages. I don't know what to think of it, because it's just like, it's so weird. Like, it's kind of, that was like four years ago. You know, these messages never come at the right time. Or do they? Or do they? I mean, but the the real, you know, the, the my heart wants to reply back and be like, well, nigga, I told you. I knew that you loved me, you know? And now four years, because you're in English class, you're, you know, reminiscing on the love that we had. Or I want to be like, don't read into it. Just be like, okay, cool, you know? But you know, you know me. You know how I want to. You're going to read into it. <laughs> Mother, what do I do? Got a whole novel already typed up. That's how much you're into it. <laughs> here's reply one, here's one A, one A, B. <laughs> A, 
Ashley's What do you think? I don't see why not. I don't see it unless you... How do I reply is basically the question I'm asking you. Just, how are you doing? Like, hey, good to hear from you. It doesn't have to be like a blog. Just be like, girl, how are you doing? What's tea? Four years later, now you're like, oh, I miss you. Why do they do that? They always take too but, long. Well, don't be salty. Be excited. Ta-da! Boom. Like, don't be salty that he wrote you four years later. <laughs> Tagline of the show. Don't be salty. <laughs> be excited. <laughs> no, but he wrote, I mean, like, you know, like, things end and, like, mm-hmm. people realize that they, you don't, you never know what people's journey is or what they have to go through before they realize that they fucked up, you know, even if they were a shitty person or not, whatever, like, you know, um, and who knows what he has to go through and what's happened in that four years and what he's realized or whatever. So, why would you be, why, unless you really like, I want to see him ever again, then you didn't, you don't respond. No. But then you don't have to overthink it. Just be like, hey, what's going on? It's good to hear from you. And then just pick up the conversation again. It's not, I don't, well, it's not hard. Yeah, what well, do y'all think? I mean, do, do y'all agree with me? I mean, it's right, right? It, 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 it might not have, be all that, but you know, have. sometimes these, these boys hit you long after the fact. And I don't want it to bring up feelings that I have, I have already overcome. That's what I'm saying. Ah, that's that's the part. That's the part. That's the T. You know what I'm saying? So it's like reply, be nice, reply with caution. Because a lot of times these guys don't see what you see in real time. They see it after the fact. And my life Which is why he's writing you now. Mm-hmm, and my life has moved on in ways that yes, I'm still on Tinder. And yes, I'm still dating. But I've had experiences that have taught me that the love that I had for him is definitely over. And but he will always forever have a soft spot in my heart. And, it is over, but also maybe... I mean, yeah, that that is definitely over, but maybe... <laughs> no, 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 What I'm saying is yeah, that is definitely over, but maybe it is room now for something new to emerge. True, true. And who knows what that can be if you don't let him in. Like a new visit or something, yeah. That's true. Or just like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Just totally new, whatever. Mm-hmm. So not depending on the past at all, but just like, you know, and you don't have to... And you can be... Since it's been four years and you've healed or whatever, you can be upfront. Be like, I want some of that D. What's, what, what's what you doing? <laughs> I still know my Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you? No um, dates in Richmond? Are you hopeful? Are you not hopeful? You're just going to DC? Give me, give me, give, give us like a little update. Well, I think it's um, I think it's complicated. Have you had one day in Richmond that you would like to share? That went. I've not had any days in Richmond. Okay, um, on this next episode, <laughs> <laughs> I did have a date in DC with someone. Um, How did they go? I think it went well. You gonna shout his name out too? No, I'm not gonna say his name. Hey, Daniel. <laughs> it's not Daniel. Um, but yeah, I think that like I'm a very private girl, and I don't like people to know my stuff. So for me, like. Dating in Richmond is already like, mm. I mean, I work at the university. The city is small. The city is small. I don't want anybody talking about me behind my back, which they will do anyway, but they won't know the full T. I like, I prefer, I'm someone who I'd rather give you like literally nothing to, to gossip about. So if I'm in DC, no one knows, no one knows what I'm giving. Or if I'm in LA, no one knows what I'm giving because I'm not there. You know what I mean? So there's nothing to say. So like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a very private girl and I just don't want to cross any boundaries. But also, like, I mean, I feel like sometimes I wonder if I'm even capable anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> of, like, being with someone. Because I'm like... I what like, does that mean? Well, I don't know. I'm getting old, right? I'm getting... Turning 37 in July. And it's like... 
we have two minutes left in this segment. Um, like, maybe I can do this. But... I don't know if I want like to share my space, <laughs> or I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want. Like, I was talking to someone the other day, and she was. She was like, "Yeah, my husband and I, we have our own rooms." And I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds amazing." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, well, I'm watching. This girl, sounds amazing. I'm watching um, <laughs> Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce right now on Netflix. It's like the white lady show that just like yes. gives me a nice mental break because white lady problems are so different. From our yes. Because you know? white lady problems, they always have money. They go through the same things that we go through, but they just have money. So the problem just looks different, but it's the same. They're dealing with the same shit. But the woman on there, um, Bedelia Ryan, she's like a famous lawyer. I love her. She's just like the woman that I want to be. And on the care, in her storyline, she's marrying a very rich guy. They're both very, very wealthy and successful. They're looking at homes. And he's looking at homes at two master suites. And she doesn't know it until she shows up to the first showing. And she hears a realtor being like, well, I'm not going to show you this house because it doesn't have a second master suite. And she's like, why does that matter? He's like, oh, your um, fiance-to-be requested to see only homes with two master suites. And so she goes to this whole, you know, next mm-hmm. scene is her at the coffee shop and the bar with her Gossip girlfriends with the and they're gossiping. The and, and the yes. girl's like, well, you know, consider it. Like, you guys are, you have very stressful careers. Like, maybe it's have, fabulous. Maybe having your own space. It's, I think it's fabulous. I think I mean, it's fabulous too. And I think no, 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 because I think it's like, you know, it's like, because you can still have your own space. Yeah. You can decorate the way you want to decorate it. You know, and when you, you have can, a fight, you have a you, space you to go, go to. You, you have space to go to, mm-hmm. and when you want to cuddle up, you can cuddle up. But the only thing about no? it, I'm not against it. I just think, what about the organic um, foreplay? Like, how does that happen if you're in two separate rooms? Like, you go to the other room. I don't, or the couch. No, I mean, like, you know, or the, or the bathroom, or the I'm, kitchen. If or I'm in my like... room, and, if I'm in my room and he's in his room, is he supposed to knock and say, "Do you want to have sex?" Knock, 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 knock. Like, send you a text message or like a dick pic. <laughs> A oh, dick. on the on the house. What's happening? A dick. <laughs> I just think it takes away from a part of the organicness of the lovemaking. But I think that a larger conversation that it brings up is just like you can make your own rules in relationships. You can definitely make your own rules, and, and I, maybe that that time for you is coming where like the heteronormative, like you live with me, we sleep in the same bed, thing, we meet our parents, each other's parents after a year, like that ship I think has sailed, you know, and I think that like. If we as queer men and queer black men are going to be in monogamous relationships or just a relationship in general, you do have to go you can make the rules. kind of reckoning of making your own. You can rules. make the rules, yeah. and I and I, I am I'm still. I mean, to me, it doesn't even seem. Can like you people. find a guy that's mature enough to make the rules? That's the real question, though. I mean, to me, it's like I don't even see it as like non-traditional. It's like. I think it requires a lot of maturity. It's two different spaces, and it's like I don't. Why would you know? Like I don't know. And like I have a lot of clothes. And, you know, or whatever, like, it's like, it's like really, you know, and it's like, so these things where I'm, where I'm realizing, do I want to compromise that? I don't know. And do I like being alone? Like, would I rather just have, like... I mean, I love living alone. Do I? No, but I mean, like... I think I... I mean, like, with, like, like single. Do I like being single? Meaning, like, you know, because um, I'm productive, I can do my work, I don't have to explain anyone. But that you I'm, can like, do that. practice two hours a day. I like, see myself and you being able to do that in a relationship. I have done. Because you would not limit... You know, I I have so many friends that um, get into a relationship and they limit their dreams and they limit the things that they were already so, doing. Here is what my what one of my exes told me, and we're we're still relatively close. We were, we've been we were together. We've known each other like fifteen years. Mm. We were together um, a long time, like a long time. Mm. Um, I met him in in France when I lived there. He's Swiss. We had like drinks in New York a couple of months ago, like a couple of weeks ago, and he said to me, he was like, you know, Madison, like. He, was, he said, like, it's really, I was, because we were talking about the same thing. I was like, why am I single? I don't understand, la, la, la. And he was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you from my perspective. 
you know, we were together and I'm just telling you this, like as a, you know, we're, we're cool now. He was like, you're really hard to be with because anything come, everything else comes second and third and fourth. So when someone agrees to be with you, they're deciding that they're okay with being second because why your work and your ideas and your creativity comes first. And he was like, all that stuff comes first. So when you're like working on your book projects or you're doing whatever you do, all that comes first. I always come second, him to the person mm. or third or fourth. And mm -hmm. I was like, you're not wrong actually. And I, it was like really an awakening thing to hear that. Cause I, I'm so in my head, I'm like super in my head anyway, like just as a general thing, which is probably part of the issue. Um, but it was like super sobering. Cause I'm sure that like, that's how a lot of artists and creative people are. Like, mm -hmm. so he was like, yeah, you're just, you're difficult to be with because you're, when someone's with you, they're deciding that they actually will come second. But before we talk a little bit about it, what was his thing? I don't know. Like, did he have a book project? Did he have art making? What did he no, have? No, he was very, he was great. I mean, he was really great. Um, he, yeah, no, he he didn't have anything like that. I mean, I think that's the thing, right? I That's the problem. I think that's the thing. I mean, no, but he had, like, you know, he was, he worked all the time. But what was his passion project? Like, you are someone who's passionate. You had a book that you were working on, you had all these passion projects. What was hit? People who are not passionate about what they do create an illusion in their partners that what they're doing, you know, is putting, that you, by you doing your job is, that, is putting him second. No, but I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's wrong. I mean, I, a lot of my, a lot of- I don't think he's wrong. I, I don't think, think he's wrong. I've heard it a couple of times from a couple of different people that I'm close to, even even friends, um, so like, and it's 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 a, so it's something that I have to take to therapy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's. I don't think that he's wrong. I just don't want you to completely take the fall for that mm -hmm. because I think that a lot of times, when people are very passionate and do work as hard as you do, date someone that maybe hasn't found their thing yet, it can cause this like imbalance in the relationship. And I and I think that that comes from a place where a lot of men don't know how to support really driven men. Um, and so it's a both and. I think that if be, you... Yeah, I mean, passion is sexy. A lot of times people like you and I find guys that um, can be like a home base. And then that only works if we're going to be home. And we're not really a, the homebody type. <laughs> Sometimes I get in my negligee and a little cocktail glass yeah. and just sit on the couch. It's like, you know what? Okay, hoes, I'm recording. Happy um, Turkey Day. This is uh, Black Matter Podcast. Say hello. Who else is on the show? Hi, this is Kadeem speaking. This will be my third episode. Third episode. <laughs> we need like a little sound effect for um, your status as a, a VIP to the podcast. And this is your third one. Welcome. And then we have a new um, guest with us uh, tonight. Talk closely to the microphone. Tell us who you are. Aloha, I'm Chris. Not Aloha. Yes, I'm from Aloha. Hawaii. Texas. Hawaii. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from that state. I'm from Hawaii. Okay. Born and raised. And this is my first podcast ever. And your first, is this your first like chosen family Thanksgiving? My first chosen family. Not 
Let me move this manager. to the middle so the girls can hear you. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is your first podcast. <laughs> okay, fabulous. Good. We're good. Your first podcast? First podcast. This is your first podcast? Ever. Yay. Okay. Could you uh, sit here so that you're in the conversation with us, please? Thank you. Um, let's just get right into it because that food, I think we threw down. Oh, we did. The food was good. Review the food. What did we have today? Okay, so I'm just going to look at it and say. So we did... Because we didn't um, put it away yet. <laughs> obviously a turkey, um, which Chris was so um, generous to bring. And, and then... Make. And make. <laughs> um, and he made stuffing as well, which he called dressing. Um, he also made the mashed potatoes. And brought us two different types of pies. Okay, bitch, we get it. You like Chris. And then, um, let's go through the um, rest wow, of the line, please. I was, get, I was Hurry up. Um, Chris made us this. Okay, he brought us the dishes. And then he, oh he, then he turned on okay, and put the turkey so on. I like Chess, too, because I'm about to tell what he made. The, <laughs> let's um, go down the line. I'm doing it. Um, this is the podcast. You said 30 minutes. Okay, y'all. Okay, we have dressing, he made, he made turkey. <laughs> yes. He made Brussels sprouts. He made sweet, um, sweet potato mash. And he made... Um, what else did he We've got mac and cheese. Doesn't matter yeah, who made, made what. Thirty minutes. Let's go down and, the line. Um, and then we had some cornbread as well. Yes, the food was banging. The food was delicious. And we've had some cocktails. We've had a few cocktails. We did a little queer Kiki photo shoot by the pool. Um, by the pool. Oh, we're in Orlando. Forgot to mention that. Um, Kadeem has graciously opened up his family's home to us, and we have been kicking in Orlando since a little since when have we been since Thursday so this is your first oh, no, no, this no. is your first Thanksgiving without uh, biological family like your first kind of yeah. chosen family Thanksgiving yes how has that been for you it's different because you have to deal with going to the grocery store with someone who <laughs> remember this is um, make up their mind. um I just want Chris I just want to remind you before we go to commercial thank you for coming on my show <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Wendy Williams and Amorosa, Listen, the legendary interview. Thank you for coming on my show. Okay. Because if you was beefing at that wedding, you could just say beefing at that wedding. <laughs> you don't want to do me. You don't want to do me. <laughs> I will do you when these other girls will not do you. Okay. We are communicating in um, black woman reality show one-liners. Shout out to... Just in case you got lost there. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you have not gotten lost. So that was a quick little pop quiz for all y'all. Y'all should definitely know. Name the, that reality. Yeah. Star. Name that star. <laughs> um, we are going all over the place. How has your chosen family Thanksgiving been? It's been different. I've not used to Without that. shade. Without shade. It's, it's, I like it. It's nice. I can actually be who I am. Oh, my gosh. That's a so queer sweet. man. Who is gay? Bitch, shut up. We just talked to a queer man last night. (laughs) We just talked to the damn word last night. She's trying to get some brownie points for me. Yeah. I'm still, I'm not, you're you're not out of the woods with me yet. Literally, you're not even out of the closet. He just came out. Just came out, yeah. It, oh, bodybuilding and, and coochie cutters. <laughs> okay. Insta modeling. <laughs> That's what they do. They wear jeans. bodybuilders wear. Okay. Like you gotta catch. You call it a bodybuilding competition. Call it a pageant. Next second, <laughs> I call it a pageant too. That's what I said. Mr. USA, right here. You're a pageant hoe. Yeah, I'm one Mr. USA. Amen. Okay, so you're not Cynthia. Not Cynthia, no. You're not you are Cynthia flopper. because you've been you you have you not, you're even flip flopping on my show. You're trying to try to throw shade at me about the grocery store this morning on my show. Well, okay, Lisa. Lisa, I woke up to go with you. Facts. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that was directed towards me. Mm-hmm. I didn't get up because I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so Facts. I've had several chosen family. Several. Several chosen family Thanksgivings, and I tend to prefer those. I just feel like um, I've always valued my um, friends in general, straight, mm-hmm. gay, or 
black, white, or otherwise, but especially my, in the more recent years, um, hanging out with my gay friends, my gay family has mm. been like a paramount importance, um, especially around the holidays. It's just like, we don't, I don't feel, um, I don't feel completely welcome my biological family holidays, mm-hmm. but amongst my gay ones, we literally can make whatever experience um, make it whatever experience we want. Yeah, there's not, I also feel like there's just like not so much pressure. Yeah, there's like, no traditions. It's like, mm-hmm. we can dress up, we can wear coochie cutters as I'm wearing right now yeah. in, a, in a mesh t-shirt and you're not worried about what auntie or who's going to say. My family is not outwardly homophobic. I mean, I definitely sometimes feel like the outsider at family parties because I'm obviously just my queer feminist a, you know, it's different for them, and I'm I'm not living a life where I feel like I'm different. You know what I'm saying? I like, just like you I have must to be the gay cousin. Yeah, exactly. So I don't ever feel unwelcome, but I definitely feel like you know isolated and sometimes like okay, these are just not my people. Um, because I have to explain, you know, like a lot of things, yeah. yeah, a lot of things, or 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 it's just so many things going left go left unsaid. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm also from Connecticut, so just, like, going back to New England all the time for holidays has, like, weird connotations to it. But, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, Chosen Family Thanksgiving is also cute. And I think every once in a while, like, it is dope to just, like, have a holiday with friends. Um, For sure. Yeah, and I think if for for the girls that have come out and have, you know, lived their lives in other cities and found themselves in other spaces, physical spaces and metaphorical spaces, I think that sometimes, like, you don't need to always give into the the pressure and sometimes the violence of going back home um, every year for the holidays. So for me, I just think like it's, you know, some holidays here with the queers and some holidays there with um, the church people singing Kirk Franklin and Tamela Mann. Tamala. Tamala. Sorry, Tamala. <laughs> Take me to the cave. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, every, I need that. Okay? okay. That's one thing we didn't do today. We didn't have no gossip playing. We did not. We forgot. Like, but it's been a cute Thanksgiving. I mean, Orlando is cute. What is Orlando giving to y'all? It's giving like nice hicks. <laughs> like nice because they're on vacation. Like, maybe, mm, like But don't let me catch you in Alabama where I'm back. from. They probably aren't so nice where they're really from. It's giving nice whiteness. Very retiree. Mm-hmm. Like on the we are definitely the youngest people here. Everything is definitely a lot bigger in Orlando as far as the Walgreens looks like a Kroger. Um, I don't know why everything is so big here. The restaurants have just... Mm-hmm. It's very large. It's very touristy. That's yeah, also, it's very touristy. Yeah. Very but strip molly. We all are in the tourist area. Yeah, we are. That's true. Yeah, we're right by Disney. What do you feel about living in Florida? Because, I mean, being 29, you're 29, right? Yep. 29 living in Florida, I just find that it's such a retiree state. So do you make a lot of friends? I, I cannot stand Daytona. Beach. But Florida in general. Florida in general, I wouldn't... This is America's uh, uh, toilet. Oh. Mm. This is come to die. And I feel that every day. Wait, so when you die, you go down the toilet? You, yeah. Okay, but you are not living life. I didn't. I don't look at life that <laughs> yeah, Neither do I. I'm talking about like, I mean, because a lot of the retirees that we meet, they seem like they are living, honey. They that cruise retiree, last night? Yeah. Because they're excited with second-rate food and um, shitty drinks oh. and horrible service. Kateem, tell, tell the girls what we did last night. Went on a casino cruise. Um, shout out to Victory Casino Cruises. Um... And basically, it was just like a five-hour cruise with open bar while gambling, um, slot machines, tables, four four levels, like a rooftop. How did you find out about this cruise in the first place? They told me at the front desk. Think about the Golden Girls and multiply that by like a thousand. That that those were the attendees. Just a quick commercial break. I love this picture of Wendy Williams and her family at Thanksgiving. But why is her big ass? 
college-age son sitting at the children's table. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Why is he there? This is Wendy's home? Oh, yeah, Wendy's no, it's Wendy's family's home. home. Don't shade the house. She's, she's regular now. She's divorced. She's just like us. Queer and single. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, I thought the cruise was was cute. I mean, you know, the drinks were nasty, the food was nasty, but I love being on a boat. The open water. Yeah, the boat's nice. The open water is nice. I mean, I'm not really one to gamble. I've gambled when I went to Vegas and had a lot of fun, but I don't find it to be... Huh? In Baltimore. Keep your legs close to Mary, man. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I like gambling if it's not my money. But I feel like the one... The vibes that I was getting on that cruise last night, though, was that it was rigged. Like, I just felt like... Oh, it's a casino. No, but it didn't seem like anybody was winning money. It seemed a lot more rigged. Everyone else, everyone walked off a little devastated. But that whole thing was not... Something I would have done as a younger person, but if I was retired, I'm pretty sure I would know I would have a lot lot more fun. Because I told it to my dad, and he was, like, completely all about it. Be turning up on that cruise. It was like a little nightclub, too, and it still wasn't even that fun. Mm. Yeah. And there was nobody, except for the lady with the dainty duke sitting on the dude's uh, lap, and that was the main you encountered. <laughs> it was just better. That was nightclub better. was cute. We were doing a little. Oh, yeah, the pictures actually, were cute. Our pictures were there. cute. You had a Cardi B, uh, J-Lo moment on there. Mm. <laughs> so, Chris, because the audience doesn't know you, tell us a bit more about um, yeah, who, are who are you? What do you do? Well, How did you and Kadeem meet? Let's start there. Oh, well, I am from Hawaii. Yes. I moved to Florida for bodybuilding because I want to get in deeper into it and get my pro card. And then one day I went out and I was uh, by myself waiting for my friend who never showed up, by the way. He and, never did. And Kadeem and Reed was there. And then um, they actually thought that I was going to be very rude and mean. And they bought me a shot. And I walked up. They told me to come over. And I come over and I started talking to them. Like, you're actually more down to earth than I thought you'd be in it. Because, yeah. Why would uh, he not be down to earth? Because I have a red RBF. <laughs> Resting bitch face, you're like muscular. Because you're a Gemini, and, and people always think I look mad when I'm not mad or mean when I'm not mean, and I'm and I, I don't know, whatever. Hey, perception is the is in the eye of the beholder. So mm. if you if you perceive it that way, you'll never know unless you ask questions. We're both Gemini, so our shade to each other is just it's just how Gemini's communicate. It is. Gemini doesn't even know you. <laughs> Oh, okay, Cynthia. <laughs> now we're friends. Now we're friends. This, this girl has been flip-flopping since the beginning of this show. I have an eight-inch penis. I am a man. Excuse me. This is a... Um, Christian channel? Excuse me. I don't know what that had to do with you flip-flopping. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you are because a flip-flop. No, teach him the queer lingo. Oh, my God, girl. <laughs> I don't know what you Flip-flop back. <laughs> what just happened? I can't with this butch queen on here. Turn your jacket and shut up. You didn't talk to me. You like my jacket. Shut up. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? All right. Anyways. That should be a segment. Flippity flip-flop. Come on. I see myself five years is pro card <laughs> sponsored and modeling and doing fitness modeling and what working is, more. With so for all the girls listening, for all the girls listening, why should they book you as a fitness model? Because I feel like even though I am a dark skin person, I do have even though a- dark skin and even okay. though on the I podcast. Just, I That's what I wanted to say. No, okay. This because is you guys talk dark skin. First of all, is pick more more than me. So like, say, uh, okay, like, you yeah. just. 
What Start you over. Yeah, and try to answer that question again. Yes. You are a brown, brown and subject. beautiful model. Yeah, brown model. First, I never say that. I don't need to introduce that <laughs> about my identity. Like, well, it's I'm irrelevant. A, uh, you asked me what. Um, <laughs> He asked me to do that. I was, I to no, do we that. asked you why they should book you. Eclectic look. Okay. And different. Yes. Uh, Cute. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yes. Okay. Uh, you need. To, I need you to take my class. I just need you to take my class. I'm not taking that class because I would argue all day and not. Give but you need. Yeah, but you still have to do the readings. Yeah. So, <laughs> that part too. This is out of love. Trust me. We want to get you together before you go out there. There's no out there. There's there is out there. Oh, you left the stove on. No, no, I have my water. Can you turn it off real quick? You may have your water, but you left Can you turn off the stove real quick, please? Because I have to do this. I can't get up. Rude. Anyways, Nini. Kadeem, what, what's going on in Kadeem's world? Last time you were on an episode, you were lecturing my students about... Um, sure. Oh, yeah, you recorded that. Yes, I did. Oh, colorism yeah, and okay. colorism in fashion. Yes. The Shirley card. The um, wood models. What's going on now in your life? <laughs> What's something models. going on in the fashion industry okay. that you want the girls to talk about? Tell us a story. Um, okay, right now. What's a fashion show without fashion? Sheree. Victoria's Secret is about to be with um, She by Sheree. Not booked. Not busy. <laughs> not seen. Never seen that. Never, 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 never purchased that. Never booked that. Never booked that. <laughs> Victoria's Secret Fashion Show is not going to be continuing. Um, Why? Because uh, there were a few protests in the last couple of years about not having um, trans visibility mm. on the runway. Mm. Um, and specifically trans. Like, this is not an umbrella thing. Like, they would not let trans women walk on the runway. Um, and people revolted and repetitions, da-da-da-da-da. And Victoria's Secret rather than just including some trans women on the runway, has just decided to cancel the whole thing entirely. And hot mess. Um, that would be like akin to Excuse a restaurant me. who doesn't like serving cake to gay couples, rather than just serving cake to gay couples, just shutting the restaurant down, which is just like stupid because you're not going to make any money. And like the idea that you feel so... Um, you got to be so some kind convicted. of white supremacist to like yeah, shut like, your business down. Just the fact to that you not feel serve. so so convicted in your bigotry and your you know beliefs or whatever mm. whatever belief system like has informed that um, that opinion, which is obviously like false and just like useless. Um, Let me ask a silly question. Did, it's did more the, important than your bottom line, and it's like as a business, like your consumers are literally telling you that they want trans women on the runway, and you're saying no, which is stupid. Like you're not going to. Well, let them money. go out of business. I don't see why we. I won't make a point after this about Victoria's Secret, and this is the part that people are not. This is the point that people are not bringing up in the debate. Uh. It's that the Victoria's Secret fashion show was one of the most watched television. Uh, events of the year mm. and it would be extremely powerful mm. to have a trans woman walk visibility yeah so the fact that they're canceling it i actually i didn't want that to happen that's bad because now some trans model is never going to have that moment ever and now so wait sorry sorry clarify so i'm second they're canceling the show indefinitely or this this year indefinitely it will never come back on because if it does the same thing is going to happen and so rather than us having this conversation being like oh my goodness, the first trans woman ever to walk in the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which is, again, one of the most televised 
events of the year, mm. um, we're never going to be able to have that conversation. Instead, it will always be, oh, they canceled the show because they literally like are, are not willing to accept trans bodies on the runway because allegedly that doesn't go with their um, company ethos. And um, that's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a hot mess. I think that folks are acting, continuing to act, even with the Whitney Houston and the Robin Crawford stuff, it's like people continue to act like trans folks, gay folks, queer folks are like this new population of people. Like we have always been around. In fact, our aesthetic is what influences the fashions industry. Who the, who the fuck do they think made the goddamn lingerie? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch so the of the fact that they're like, that they're not, um, you know, accepting of different models like trans women shows you that continue, there's this continuous um, concept of like, silencing and erasing the contributions of black queer people from these industries and how all of that aesthetic is constantly stolen from us right and so trying to like archive victoria's secret as this like hetero women only show um cis women only show is bullshit um, but also that, that show was super problematic on so many other levels like they didn't use plus size models well Naomi bump them Campbell, let them go out of business Naomi campbell was the only um the only angel for well actually sorry tyra banks was the only black angel ever and for a very long time yeah they're too behind they're way too behind she got booked but she wasn't an angel my friend was trying to tell me the other day how like um we don't understand how much like power lgbtq people have and she was saying that it's not fair that we like shut down businesses and stuff like that i was like it's not fair that these businesses that these businesses keep trying to erase us like and discriminate so let them shut down i have no sympathy for these big corporations i didn't have sympathy for them i'm just saying i didn't say you did i'm saying some people who do i don't think you do i'm just saying like if they shut down because they're discriminating like 50 years ago it was us it was the black folks then it was interracial folks then it was gay folks and now it's going to be trans folks so like let them shut down because discrimination is discrimination is discrimination so let them shut down i don't give a damn about those companies and people will shop at your where they want to shop yeah people will buy your shit if you're not discriminating against anybody if i'm in the grocery store and i and they say ma'am you can't shop here because you're in a wheelchair just because i'm black and i'm allowed to shop there i'm not shopping there she can't shop here. I'm not shopping here. One day you could be in a wheelchair. Exactly. Bump all of you. How do you feel about? Um, we were already talking about this yesterday in yeah. the van, but the the whole kind of Whitney Houston, Robin Crawford, Defunco, and she that... just went on the Red Table talk. She's been on Wendy. I thought the Wendy interview was really a little better than the Red Table one, but I only saw a little bit of the Red Table talk. Well, the reason why I think a lot of people thought that when she. Um, when she released the book that it was supposed to be this like expose sort of like uh salacious thing like headline whitney was a lesbian no and it's a you, love no, story that's my whole point mm-hmm. it is that but the media sort of accept you know when it first came out and she was going on this in you, these interviews it's like oh she just wants to she just wants to you know write a book and be like oh i was whitney's you know, lesbian lover, da 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 da, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, one newsflash, boo! All of us already knew, so it's, we knew it's not was a news, it's not a news story. But I, to the Wendy, the point about the Wendy interview, I think that um, Robin handles herself really well because she was trying to just get to the point of respecting Whitney's sort of like legacy and just talking about like what we had was beautiful, and I don't feel any type of, I didn't feel. Um, as maybe erased or as negative, have a negative experience as maybe you think I did. Like, I love Whitney Houston. I had my love story with her. And then she also cleared up some of the rumors about, you know, did the record labels tell you that you couldn't be out and open? Did Bobby Mm -hmm. Brown push you away? And she sort of did it. I love when she was like, Bobby was just annoying. 
Yeah, I love she, she said that. She didn't go about she yeah. didn't go about it in a messy way and like try to spill other people's tea. Mm. She was just saying I had a love story with Whitney Houston, and it's important that that story is being told. I mean, I'm not in their life, but the and Wendy was if you, messy. yeah, I mean, but Wendy's also not a therapist, and she's not trained to she's give messy. these kind of empathetic interviews because she's just trained to do like an eight minute segment and tell a thirty minute yeah, story yeah. in yeah. eight minutes. So yeah, I, 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 I get Wendy's hustle. I know that I know what Wendy is good at and what she's not good at, and you know that's just what it is for her. Um, but I think like if you put the narrative of Whitney Houston and whatever went on between her and Robert, Robin Crawford. I think it was a love story. I think they were queer best friends and there was obviously intimacy there on many levels and not all forms of intimacy means a romantic relationship. I also feel yes. that um, the the main part of the story that I have really been paying attention to is just like how the way that it has been circulated and just like the comments on it and how it's circulated on Twitter just shows how we are still a very homophobic um, and heteronormative. heteronormative community at large and so just to see how like like you have to be some kind of homophobic to think that Robin doesn't have a right to tell her story like it takes two to tangle and her and Whitney yeah. Houston were both intimate and so if Robin decides if Robin story. decides to write a book about her story because yeah. she was there with Whitney whether it was in the bed or walking in the park sidewalk yeah, like they were together it's a two-person yeah. experience and so she owns the right to her own narrative and so I just think that it shows a lot of people's ass and the ways that they're saying that Robin doesn't have a right to talk about what she's talking about because it's like, you weren't there, I wasn't there, and if yeah. they were intimate and Robin decides to talk about it 50 years later, like, that's none of our business to judge her. Um, unfortunately, Whitney is not alive to, to give you know, side, to sure. give her side or be a part of it, but like, they were obviously intimate. Like, if you were a real, if you were a real Whitney fan, you know that there was some queer you aesthetic. Saw Robin in every yeah, and you saw Robin. Robin was a ride or die, regardless. So I've never really the way that it Why circulates not? is is more problematic I, I think for it's me good because it's putting context. Yeah, that's and it's reminding people that you will not, we will not be erased. That black queer folks have contributed just as much to black culture at large as black hetero folks, and y'all cannot continue to try to erase our intellectual and artistic and creative contributions to yeah. what we know as the black you know, diaspora today. Well, still pretty iconic. The uh, actor who played um, the father on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, James Avery, mm -hmm. yeah. he was gay. Really? And everyone knew it. Mm -hmm. But do if I say James Avery to you, if I say the dad on Fresh Prince, do you think gay? No, you don't. But isn't he like one of the most iconic, you know, um, dads that come down? Black TV dads. Hold on. He was gay? Or just blowing your mind left or right arm. Yes. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. I mean, for one, he's a fucking actor. There are, anyway, there are lots of gays. But, like, imagine if we had just given him the space to be openly gay and play that role. Mm. Then, well, you it's know, a hetero when, show. You know, no, I'm weird, but no, no, no. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> so, Chaz and I have had conversations, I think, on this podcast where we've been like, oh, we didn't have, because I think one time he asked me, like, who are my queer role models? And I was like, we I didn't, didn't have yeah, any. They weren't, like, a, they weren't allowed to be queer. We did have them. Whitney fucking Houston. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, ding, 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 ding. You would not hit that bell in the view. Ding. That's the point. We did have that. Ding. <laughs> point. We did have that. And, and, yeah, and we I think that like people us. don't realize, because people were not in our bodies when we were children. They don't realize how important it is for yeah. all right. children, queer, hetero, white, black, etc., to have role models that represent them. Big, fat, poor skinny, tall. I heard that you were telling us yesterday that Join the Scammers coming back to the he the is because he's coming. She is. She is. Because so what are her pro? What are what is? The well, Joanne is a woman. 
Yeah, it. but what about the guy that plays her? What I don't think he knows. Pronouns? I think he's just. I think he's just queer. Like he likes to be funny. But Joanne, the it's scammer, a is a that's a white woman. She's a white woman. She's a rich white woman. So then all these. Gay men that do that to make comedy. What about the straight men who do it to make comedy? They're queer. Cross dressing? No, they're queer. Tyler Perry, queer. Well, we could really unpack that. <laughs> what about, um, yes, he is queer. Pat but... Lucky. Pat Lucky yep. does it. And Pat Lucky straight. He, he is he's a straight, straight man. Absolutely. Is he? Yeah. He wears I'm a wig and has, sure has anything. And induces his voice, makes a woman. I mean, that's a question to pose to the audience. Like, do, like, you know, Eddie Murphy and, um, Ugly Professor, it's whatever it's called. Like, uh, no, professor. Professor. But Orbit. they're engaging in queerness. They are. And yeah. um, also, black men have played women on TV yes. for the, the beginning oh, of time. Yeah. And let's, time. let's make the... Uh, wait, wait, wait. There's let's slow down. There's a distinction. Because what they play on TV, the actors they play, has nothing to do with who they sleep with. Remember, sexuality and gender yeah, expression I'm not talking about sexuality, are very even different. Though you're, even though you're a, per- you're a man, uh, the definition of drag queen is a man that dresses up as a woman to pursue yes. a woman. That's a yes. queer art. Do you think those men yeah. who dress up to, even though even they're mm-hmm. doing the art or doing the comedy, they're still they, drag queens, right? They're I queer would men. I call them a drag queen. There's yeah. a difference between, um, because drag is a, okay, so like, take um, these Instagram, the Instagram examples that you're making where they just pop on a wig yeah. and then they sort of like act like a woman, ca- a woman or female character. Yeah. Oh, even Fine. like when, um, so who did you show us? Who did Patty LaBelle? Oh, yeah, so been, that's not drag. Though. Yeah, that's not drag. That's, that's drag, just femininity. Comedy, but he's still being dressed him as portraying a woman. Yeah. First of all, everybody has a balance of feminine and masculine energy in them. The oh, difference yeah. in how we get toxic masculinity is because most men are conditioned and raised, and they follow that bullshit of not acknowledging the femininity that is within them. So when you see these Insta- these Instagram men that are, that identify as heterosexual, but they put on wigs and perform these like female characters. Like, um, who do you Tim Bay, Patty Lucky. Lucky. The one you showed me last night that did the Patty LaBelle Jay ABC. Jay Versace. No, Jay Versace. Versace. That's just them, you know, embodying a part of femininity that's within them. But Jay Versace is gay, yes. yes but again, like let's not let's not conflate yeah. sexuality with their gender expression. So that gender expression that is being a drag queen, though. It's right? a gender, but Jay Versace's no, not a drag queen. No, that's just not. performing he different. Up as a woman, they're not dressing right. up as women though. He's just putting on. He's just popping on a wig and doing a Patty LaBelle impression. But still, yeah, no, no, no. That's a drag queen. Nobody. You're shitting, when you drag. say that, you're sitting on like the whole plethora of uh, what drag, drag is. Like queens who yeah, actually go f- do like full on female impersonation, yeah, and participate in sort of like the sport and the profession that is the drag. art. Crap, drag yeah. queen is a being a drag queen. This is, is not a drag. Just popping on a wig yeah, no. and doing a Patty Labelle ABC. A wig is not a drag queen. Yeah, that's not a whole like. <laughs> that's not work. The art of a woman. There are levels to these things, and th- I mean, somebody yeah. could you know. um counter argue with us and be like there are drag queens now who don't put on wigs da 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 but they still like know how to because it's just about embellished identity yeah it's not necessarily femininity or extreme hyper femininity is what would be like a cornerstone of drag performance but it's not all of it because some some drag folks do extreme hyper masculine yeah they do it's just an extreme of like gender performance so there's women who actually put on beards and yes. as men. Yeah, and they could be they could be called drag, drag queens queen. as well. Drag, drag queens. Yeah. Drag queens. But I think oh, what I'm oh, the, yeah. I think the distinction and let's like slow down just a little bit. I think the distinction I'm I'm still trying to make sure you get is like these folks that are like Instagram stars like Jay Versace for example, like they don't necessarily identify as drag queens because femininity is inside of them. They're just embodying or like impersonating like a a character, but like when he puts on the wig and it's like this random woman like that's calling the delivery man or something like 
that's just like a performance. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied to kind of like he's embodying like drag or performing as a woman. And I think that the most important you just thing put on a like when you put on a wig. We have this wig party in Richmond all the time. Chad Shout out to Wig Snatch. He's had a drag sling. Yeah, thank you. No, he's not. <laughs> that's actually yes. a perfect example. Yeah. Like when I wear heels, I'm not trying to be like a, a woman. woman. I'm yeah. trying to be like Chaz. Yeah, generally Chaz. But like they misconstrue their voice to make it sound like a woman. But yeah, some can say that I misconstrue my. Some can say I'm wearing girls' shoes. So they're being. Here's and I'm thing. not. Some, like those shoes are. Those oh, shoes that I wear. Makeup, the whole well, full thing. He would. But be that's a, queer. I would say that he is a drag performer. He just doesn't probably doesn't um, convince him or consider himself that. And this is my point about. Um, it's all about the individual. Call up Jay Versace. Like, yeah, hey girl, yeah. What do you think? True. Tyler, what do you Good think? Good point. Da, da 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 Because Jess says, Chaz is like, I was wearing heels earlier to dinner and I am not a drag queen. Our sister Madison Moore talks about kind of like fabulous as a, as a beautiful eccentric and how fabulousness is like a queer politic. So again, you do have to look at it as people's individual like expression and we're not a monolith. Just like as right. black people, we're not monoliths. Like you are from Hawaii. You're very different from my black and you are from North Carolina. Like you're, our blacks are very different and that is totally what makes blackness beautiful. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's what makes blackness queer because it is, we're always yeah. ever evolving and reimagining and constantly like and complicating the definition of being black. Like you can't lump us under one thing. You yes. can't do that with queer people. Just like beefing at that yeah. and beefing at that wheel. Exactly. Like for me, like when I wear heels, it is not about trying to be like a woman. It is just about embracing the energies that are within me as feminine and masculine, but it has nothing to do with me wanting to be one more than the other. Two in that fashion. Like, thank you. Yeah, know, take us, give us a history yeah, lesson. Take uh, us down. No, I know the history of the Men always wore heels, King honey. Louis, King Louis the Sixth actually exactly, invented they, heels because he liked the way his calves look in heels. And, and then it got switched over they to They wanted women. to be taller. It, yes. It's a whole. Exactly. Literally, man. So that is why I think, so I think you're proving your own point that that's why it's important to kind of own and respect people for what pronouns they say they are instead of saying that like words don't matter because it is a way it is a, is a way of descriptive word of, of a person but that's what that you think shit is what these young people now are like oh i don't like to get called that you're a fucking dude you're a dude you were born a man you have a dick between your legs you're a man period right no but but that's, that's what your that's your, your slow down this is a one hour show we have a little bit of time <laughs> I again I think that We're like not being you're to break by Susanna. Yes, I think that you're you're conflating your impressions and your identity and the way that you identify with other folks. And like maybe for you, big strong muscle man, words don't matter. For other people, they do. Because like a I think kid in Alabama who's thirteen and has just realized that he <laughs> might identify more as a she. Yeah. Okay, there's nothing wrong with And so therefore the word so does that, matter. So if the, they're if that's a way the pronoun is a way of seeing people. Absolutely. Yeah. And if so that person, person if that she, person I will say, Hey girl, how you doing? What's up? So okay, then right, you then you just point. then you're proving that you words that. do because matter. That's because because you let me know that's what you identify as. But if okay, I don't fucking yeah. know you, I'm going to be like, what's up, dude? No, that's fair, because I think that that's the first time that that person needs to correct you or let yeah. them know. Yeah. If you, you don't know, if you don't know, you don't know. Because, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I just think we're going, like, really fast. Remember, imagine if somebody is listening to this. Um, <laughs> no, you agree with us more than I think. I yeah, and I also you, think, like, like T.S. Madison, about it. Yes. Th and that's what the show is for, ask these questions. Like, no one is attacking you we're not thinking that you're dumb we're we're here as your queer sisters well, I feel very attacked queer right sis now queer sisters queer sisters and again uh, even like even that term of like let, let me explain this to you just listen real quick so even when we use um what you would identify as more like feminine terms like 
when I say like Kadeem is like my sister and I say like, hey girl, like yeah. we identify as men, but we use these kind of words like sister and girl because like, again, and in this country, we do not value what we feminize. Yeah. And it is like not just... thinking that a pantsuit is more powerful than a skirt Yes, suit. and it is not just the, the female cis body that has a vagina that can perform the role of sister. And the way that we think of sister as far as the nurturing skills, the, the way that we get dressed together, the way that we love on each other in ways yeah. that are not just about like pry together, like... Yeah. For me, that's like why a lot of my gay male friends are kind of like my sisters because yeah. these these traits that men typically don't value, don't perform, yeah. um, we reclaim them and we say like, this is my okay. sister. And it's just a way of like reminding each other that we as male friends are kind of in touch with both our masculine and feminine side. And so I just like don't, when I think of like I my- consider you my sister. Yeah, when I think yeah. of my gay friends, because we're more like them, et cetera, I don't think of us as like- brothers because well, that was a term that we just were never really a part of I had a brother I had a sister yeah <laughs> brother football playing cool. game never knew that never saw that never did that never okay. wanted to do that so I have one question yeah. now that is, um, when you say that that is considered gay slang right mm-hmm. so how do y'all but for it? us if you don't want to yeah. use that oh, it's fine, fine. I'll, yeah I'll, I'll use it because I'm not used to it but I'll use it because you're still my brother because you're black yeah but well, brother yeah <laughs> okay. yeah <laughs> but we're both you're my brother when we're doing the ha ha kiki trying on heels you are my brother. Sister, by the way, or my sister. Oh, whatever. Shut up. You know you look good you in heels. Did, like, I have never a, done heels. A photo so, shoot with us at the resort But pool. naked, too. Yeah. But you don't think you would look good in heels? Shut up. No, I don't. Say it, for, say it louder. Your heels are painted. Uh, uh, I know. Y'all tried it. Y'all is a flip-flopper. You tried it. No, flip no, no. Flip-flopper. Hold on. Let me explain. With the green nails. Flip-flopper. Wait, what's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? King Mayuli. Wait, wait. Say it slower. What's your Instagram? King Mayuli. Y'all, get on his Instagram, please. It's K-I-N-G-M-E-A-U-L-I. And tell me this is not a queer cis flip-flopper. You tried it. No, I pay my nails because I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a bodybuilder. Flip-flopper. Okay, Cynthia Bailey. Makes it black. But anyways, my question was, since there's such thing as gay slang and gay slang derived from black talk. Of course. Sure. Well, so yeah, how, do y'all feel, how do you all feel about that? I'm glad you how, knew that. I'm huh? glad you knew that. Tune in, honey. Oh, I already knew that. Cause I, we create, black people created everything. They really did. What's your question? Well, my question <laughs> is, how do you all feel about that? Like when someone's like, when someone of a different color is talking like that, how do you feel? Talking like what? And gay slang, yeah. Since they if they're are, not black, they, wait, hold on. If they're not black, but they are gay, yeah, and they are talking in gay slang, I'm, and you don't be like, I'm okay with it. Here's my thing. Okay. I don't agree with, um, and I do have a few friends um, who are white males who could definitely get away as like cis straight passing, mm. but who are gay and use this stupid line like, "Oh, I I was previously a black woman in life." No, like, that's that's problematic. First of all, you're not a black woman because if you get pulled over by the cops, guess what? You probably get to drive away. The black woman probably will get shot. Mm. So you're not a black woman. But if we as gay boys are out and having a yes queen moment, that's okay. I just mm. don't need you thinking that like you're like some one of gay, us gay gay black. You, like Kim you Zosia. are not Shaniqua, basically. Yeah, you are yeah. not Shaniqua. Like a Kim Zosia. And I'm not into the gay yeah. to the gay men that are like, but oh, me, I'm a black woman inside. No, no. But, but the thing is that... that. But no, Kim no, Zosia, she, she has she, said that she feels like a black woman inside. Yeah, because she she's like, I don't see on the, color. Yeah, on the, the thing one. is that... I don't see color. There's, all that is bullshit. There's a difference between... If you don't see color, that means that you don't see me because I'm brown. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That means no. I don't see. That's color. what it means. No, it means that she doesn't see you as a black. No. She sees you as a person. No, I want you to oh, see me as I a black. Just, yeah, see me as a black person because because my experience. Because I experience myself as as a black person. Yeah. 
And uh, hold on, let me just. I don't see you. I don't see you as a as 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 a Hawaiian black man. I just see you. Yeah, the exactly. But every mean? single time we've but asked you who you are, you That's said that you're Hawaiian. The point is that you're. My spirituality. You see me as a person. You, you are see black. Kim Zolciak does not think that. Hold on. Oh, she yeah. maybe. Let me finish the point about the gay slang. Yeah. If Chaz and I are having a talk and it's more like black gay slang, slang like girl, she tried it. That that's was different than if we are in a room with other white with it's white. The gays. slang is different. The slang, though, the like, think of a Venn diagram: gay slang, black slang. The two can't overlap mm-hmm. like that. Like, there's no <laughs> in between. I don't need to be having black gay slang talk with. Oprah. But how do they learn it? Because they do learn it. Because they're gay. I think, but I yeah. also think that, like, I think that, like. They learn it. Like, my, I have white gay male friends as well. And I think I that when that. they don't have... Why would you never guess that? Because what? Because you were very, very strongly opinionated Wait, in that. That's so weird. You, we told you where we went to school. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm strongly opinionated because I'm intelligent. And so, like, that people, are, people, that are, people that are friends with me are not intimidated by my strong opinions because... Yeah, I'm smart, and like I'm friends with other people that are also strongly opinionated because I'm not friends with any basic bitches. And you can also um, be friends with people you differ, disagree with fundamentally. Yeah, as long as the disagreement yeah, is not yeah, rooted in like erasing my humanity. Like I don't have I don't have friends that would say I don't see color. They we have been we have gone past that. Um, I don't have those friends. Um, that is that is tied to a history of erasing black people and not seeing black people for our individual experiences and also no, just no. not and then and not seeing queer people for their contributions so like saying like it doesn't matter that Whitney Houston was it's queer a it's a way of again kind of trying to constantly Why archive we're explaining it it's saying like it doesn't matter that Whitney Houston was clear queer it doesn't matter that Wendy Williams is a black woman Wendy Williams is like the top talk show host in America and she's a black woman it does matter because it is important to archive that in history as a black woman, it is important to remember Wendy Williams' contributions yes. as a woman of color, as a black woman. Because so she's not just a woman. She's not just, she's not just if Ricky she was Lake. Just or a woman, she'd be Barbara Walter. Yeah. She's, uh, she's carved a lane yeah. for other black women to come, exactly. come up through the ranks. But anyways, let's, let's Actually, go back. Isn't that Oprah? Oprah too. So you don't think it matters that Oprah's black? It exactly. matters. It's, she's part of black history. She, that, so that's the, so. Then when you say that you don't you, see color, you you're not seeing Oprah's yeah. contributions to black history. No, that's not. That, you're y'all trying, to it. Way that's not it. how you see it. But when people that don't have your skin tone say that, that's how it's exactly, being. Exactly, because they're copying. Because remember, when you say that, you don't have power to control how things get archived, what goes in the Smithsonian and what doesn't, what goes in history books and what doesn't. You don't have that power. So when you say, no. I don't see color, it doesn't matter. When they say, I don't see color, they I are also the ones. Yeah, they're the ones that are controlling. Well, wait, wait, we're explaining it. I think you're trying to see like the way that you say it and the way that other folks that are not black say it as the same. And that's not the same. So like, when we don't have that kind of power. So when I say, oh, I don't see color, I'm not in control of the power systems that determine what and who goes into the museum, the Black History Museum, the not, et cetera. So Oprah getting archived as a black woman that has paved the way in media is important because she is black. And so when a white person in power says, I don't see color, then that means that Oprah just gets archived as kind of like a talk show host. And the little, little girls don't see the intellectual and creative contributions of Oprah Winfrey, a black woman who was the very first to do many of the things that she has done. She started from local news in Baltimore, honey, and got all the way up to a multi-billionaire. So when you look at the top billionaires in America and you see white man, white man, white man, white man, white man, black woman, that is seeing color. That is is what is important. And so when you say that you don't see it, 
you saying it only has like teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny implication. Not any offense to you. But when they say it, it makes a big difference. Like me being at University of Richmond as a professor, it matters I'm a black professor. And so when my students see me, there are a lot of students that see me and who are black who come up to me and say, I, I heard that you're a new professor. I've never had a black teacher. Yes. Professor. And yeah. so there are students that that means a lot to. And in fact, it can change their whole college experience. Like when I had queer, I don't know about you, when I had a gay professor, my first one, like he was a white man. I didn't, Mr. Pearsall who taught Latin, like he was a gay white man. He was married to another white man. They had goats. Like we had no, um, Nothing in, Nothing in common, okay. but it was very important to have another gay professor. I would never say, oh, he was just a professor. No, he saw me in a way that other teachers could not have seen me. And so it does matter. Well, but the only reason I know that is because my dad told me that. My right, dad's but, a black man. Right. Like, black That's man. fine. But it would, be be it would be better if you had just said, I like to see people for their humanity, not the phrase, I don't see color. That's what Chaz just like explained why mm -hmm. it is important to see color. You can see color yes. and um, and still value and people. People and that, but try to meet people as their um, their essence or as their humanity. Yeah. Da, da, da. They're somewhere, but the phrase, especially when it's said by white people, like, oh no, it's I'm not very racist, problematic. I don't see color. Yeah. Whoa, those two things are not the same thing. Kim yeah. Zolciak. She said that. She said that on reunion. She's yeah. like, I'm not racist. I don't see color. You need to because you, need to see you and it just like. Saying I don't see color is erasure. Yeah. And black people and people of color and queer people have been erased so Constantly. long. It's like, no, now is the time for you to see me. Yeah. See me. And then once you see me and you, you know, I've told you everything about me, you know my experience, and then can you see my humanity? That's the important thing. Yes. Not assuming that you can see my humanity when I'm walking up to you. No, because you can't. But yeah, no I mean, I, I say, know that I say, have to go through that, uh, that color thing. Who won't? never been through that. Who has? Exactly. Yeah. So, but okay. Next but segment. You're, you're, but you're making, you're, you're actually proving our point. I and you agree. agree I think point. you just agree. You arrived at it. Yeah. I and again, I, I, as I tell, I, as I tell my students, all of this stuff is related to who has access to power and who has a further um, proximity, a closer proximity to power. And so, again, think about it in this way and marinate on this a little bit. Like when we say as black people, like, girl, I don't see color. Versus when somebody that is in a power, I, I mean, I never said that. <laughs> but when somebody is in a, but when someone is in a, someone, I don't see color. I like the person. I don't care what color you are. You can be fucking orange, and I will like you. Okay, but I like the person. That's not, but that, but, but, but think, yeah, power structure. Do, are they going to see color? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, and if you're with, in an interrelation, interrelation, you better hope the white girl's uh, driving. Racial relationship. Actually, yeah. Chelsea Handler talked about that about how her yes. she got caught yes. by the police yeah. and he ended up in jail. And she so the point we're saying is that again, let me reiterate. You might not, but they do. It's tied to power, and and you are not in power. And so when black people say like I don't see color, even though it's still a wrong statement, it's still wrong no matter who says it. But when Folks that are in powerful positions say things like, oh, at this company, we just hire people based on their talent. We don't see color. So you mean that you're not understanding that there are different types of creative and intellectual contributions that black people who have been marginalized for centuries that they bring into your company. So when you say that you don't see them, you're not seeing a part of their brilliance. You're not seeing a part of their excellence. Like Kadeem being a queer black fashion designer, like his identity plays a role into some of the things that he designs that these straight, mediocre white dudes will Which never, ever be able to understand to design because a lot of our designs, a lot of the ways that I teach my class of predominantly white students comes from my struggles as a black queer male that for years has been written out of university spaces, has not seen myself represented in university spaces. So the way that I teach 
is very, very influenced by so my identity. Has to see and the university has to see them. And so that has to contribute to keeping me well, on that campus. Inclusive. That's inclusivity. So when you say that I don't see color, yeah, and guarantee that those, the company that says, oh, what, this company, we don't see color, guess what? They're all white. Because they, they just, you know, they're like, oh, no, we're only a meritocracy. Well, I'm then you can get you, away I with never being thought like, of it to dig, to dig that deep into that. That's thing. fine. Because I never. And even if you, even if you, even if you don't want to go it. deep with these kind of like deep race conversations all the time, just remember this. Just remember, it's all about like who has a, prox- a closer proximity to power, right? And so when you say I don't see color and I date whoever I want to date, like everybody's sexual preference is tied into either access to power or lack of power, and everybody's sexual preference is tied into how they're um have have they have been kind of perceived through the world so like when somebody says i have had plenty of men say to me like you're very attractive i don't date black guys that is racist and do you understand that okay, so okay. there's no such thing wait let me finish my point yeah. there's no such thing of saying and i have the one with myself too because when i was younger and i was a new gay i was you know victim of this as well we've all grown from places of prejudice and places of struggle and when i was young i have rem- i remember having those kinds of statements like oh girl like He's cute, but I don't date Asian men. That is racist. That's that is racist. prejudice and racist. Or you said prejudice. black people can't be racist. Black people cannot be racist. I'll say that again. <laughs> because of power. Yes, because as I'm teaching you, black, people, can't, black people can be prejudiced. Okay? Yes. It's not possible that you cannot be attracted to a whole race. Especially you are black, I am black, and you're black. Look at how different. Look at, wait, look at your said, body. Look at my body. Look at his face. And you just we said you're compl- attractive. Yes. Like you just said to me. You are attractive. So when somebody will say to you, oh, I'm, I'm, like, I have friends, trust me, I have friends that I grew up with, who I'm not really friends with, but, like, acquaintances, that will look at you and say, he has an amazing body, he is beautiful, but I just don't date black guys. And that's that's not a preference. Home. That's racist. Okay, I feel <laughs> Do you understand that? that? I feel that. I okay. So I that is about, so therefore, again, we're teaching you that, like, this whole I don't see color thing, it's wrapped up in... Who has access to power and who doesn't, and the ways in which we've been born at different proximities of the world. Some of us at this table, we were not born in a position to say, uh, as me, as a as a as a femme queer faggot, I was not born with the power to say I don't date this kind of person because none of these niggas will barely date me because I, I identify as because I'm yeah. femme. You know how many black men have said to me like, "Oh, you're too femme, so I'm not going to date you." White men, "Oh, I don't date black guys." So, so again, we have been we have been pushed to the bottom, to the bottom, to the bottom, to the bottom. So therefore, I have never been in a powerful position to say, girl, he's cute, but I just do not date white men. <laughs> white men have, can do that because a white man, a gay white man, as we know, a gay white guy with your body can walk into a bar and bag any guy they want. And, and while the same guys will look at you and be like, he's fine, but he's black. And, and no I, one has ever said to that white guy... Oh, sorry, sir. You're super qualified. Yeah, job isn't for you. Sorry, sir. You're. I super lived in qualified. Japan. I lived in yeah. Japan for two years. That's how international gay man white right gay man racism. Living in Japan for two years, people throw themselves at white men, even white men that are ugly as shit, because they just assume that, that they're close to power. That he's rich, so he has yeah. power. Like, oh, girl, he's gonna get well, me I'm to America. Asian, I'm, I'm like, wait, if you marry him, you think he's gonna get you America? I'm like, girl, I have a, a passport well, I bring, too. I can bring you right now on the next flight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm half Asian, so I know that I I know I know that world way too much. But I do will say this: I hate when someone. And Asian communities have white supremacy as well because oh, I live no, in Japan. Way too much. Japanese people discriminate against 
Korean people. Way too much. Just as They're white people do. Way yeah. Uh, and, ja- and Japanese and Chinese will not get on. So you think, mind. so that's, so they see color though. I will say this. I hate this saying. I hate this saying with the whole passion. What saying? You are handsome for a black guy. I have never, right. I have never. But you that know thing. that that's a white supremacist yeah. statement. That is a super racist. And I've told anyone who ever told me that like you and me will never get along. And I do not like that you fucking just told me yeah. I'm handsome for a black guy. It's interesting that you recognize the, 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 the error in that, like your hands for black guy saying, but you didn't recognize it, and I don't see color. But I'm glad that we. I know. The only, only reason why I don't see it is the error in color is because I've been told that by a black man. He grew up in that <laughs> era but where he had to look down and walk past a white person. Well, or he couldn't shop in the store because uh, there was white seats and all that other stuff like that. He's, so he's in that era. I think it's important for the individual. But, oh my, to but let's wrap. Describe. Can we wrap up this he, segment? Like, you understand you the can, problematic of the state now see color. So, can we move on? Everybody has you ready to move on, Kim Zosiak? Funny with Cynthia Bailey. Oh, I mean Cynthia Bailey. Sorry, oh, he, he had a Kim Zosiak moment. Zosiak. Yeah, we had to get that Kim out of him. And like literally, that's exactly what she said. Like, yeah, we had to get that. Because <laughs> if you want to be friends with me in my house, hashtag TS Madison, is she her and hers? It is femme faggotry and cock- <laughs> femme faggotry and cis. Anyway, and if you don't like it, what can you do, Kitty? Get the fuck out. <laughs> and oh, with love. We are getting you together. We are here to educate we you. Are, especially, child, if you're planning on being my friend. These certain things have to be known, like required reading. Remember this is a required reading, yeah. But I appreciate, I appreciate that you are showing an openness to kind Same. of like having some of your ideas challenged. Never be closed off to that. That's man, no, no. The beef in that went story that I wanted to tell. I don't know what the fuck y'all was telling. The story that I wanted to tell was the one. Um, these two men yesterday, white men at the oh bar. My God. Hot so mess. They was fighting over nothing. Because I'll have more money than you'll ever see. We were at the bar on the cruise yes. having just a night. I mean, it's a cruise ship. Who when gets to a fight on a boat, on a drunk boat? He was buying candy, all this candy, and I guess the dude was getting annoyed that he was buying candy. But mind your business. He was buying a lot. Yeah, so what? The white man had a good point. He mind your own, own business. business. That's the thing about, that is the thing about, see, white folks, that's why y'all always get into fights, but it doesn't get caught on the news because y'all too busy being racist. But <laughs> these two white men, like, first of all, they were fighting because one of them was buying candy. The bar, the bar sold candy bars for a dollar. So maybe he wanted to get his good, you know, 10 for 10. We were both obviously intoxicated. Everybody was because it was a drunk cruise. And it was near the end. And it was near the end. So he wanted to buy his little candy for maybe his family at home or whatever. Maybe he forgot to bring a side dish to Thanksgiving dinner the next day. But he was buying a lot of candy and the white guy that was sitting down eating his meal, having a drink with his friend. Dude, he was with his black man. friend, too. He made a yeah. snarky comment. He made a snarky comment about how much candy that the other white guy was buying, and the guy was like, mind your business. And somehow, honey, that escalated into this entire drawn-out argument between them. And, you know, I was I was clutching my pearls just watching this because they was really about to fight over no, that. No, they weren't. They, the one boy didn't even flinch. Just The one guy just kept sitting there how he backpedaled when the police got there because that's what white people well, fucking Well, then did. the security was called. Yeah. And long story short... And they had nothing to say. They had nothing to say. Was, like, that is a typical white people one-on-one. Oh, sorry, what? Oh, no, security is called... They are always the first to call the security. It was a white okay. person who called the security they on them. Yeah. And once the security came, oh, yeah, well, he was just doing this and he was doing that. And we're, you know... Uh, just a mess. Talk about, I'll whoop your ass. I have more money than you. Did you see um, T.S. Madison's interview with... Um, Monet Exchange. Did you see yeah, it? I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it. Don't tell me about it. Of course it. you didn't watch it. Because you know what? Niggas bring guns in their car. If you can't go to Brother No Chains, where can you go? Anyways, I have loved this um, this Golden Girls cruise. I've never seen Golden Girls. You have never seen Golden Girls? 
Girl, we have to get you together. Ish. This is cute. We've been on for an hour. Love y'all. Um, thanks for having me again. This little Hi. Golden Girls Orlando awesome. moment has been cute. Um, Kadeem, thanks for the trip. You're welcome. We need to put this food away. Shout out to Robin Crawford for the queer visibility. We are here. We are here. We are queer. And so is Whitney Houston. That's it. This is episode of Black Matter. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> and so is Whitney Houston. <laughs>